If you're looking for a trusted source of natural supplements, look no further than NutritionW.com. Since 1979, Nutrition World has been a staple in the Chattanooga community with dedicated research specialists that stay ahead of the trends to make sure you have the most reliable products available at the most competitive prices. All of their supplements are vetted for quality, effectivity, and potency and shipped using the utmost care with cold packs included in each and every order. You can shop online now at NutritionW.com and choose from thousands of your favorite supplements, sports nutrition, pet, and specialty food products today. Nutrition World, partners on your wellness journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Navigator Podcast, where we believe in the body's ability to heal itself. I'm Brian Strickland, the producer of the show, and here with me, as always, is your host, Ed Jones. Ed, tell me one great thing that happened to you this week. Uh, I had a new brand of tequila, and it was fantastic. (laughs) Well, you know, we don't shy away from the fun topics on this show, and today is no exception. It's not exactly dinner conversation, but the topic of constipation is an incredibly important one to address. So we're going to cover why this is so commonly occurring, uncommon symptoms, and of course, a holistic approach to treatment. So let's go ahead and get started. Ed, can you talk about why this is so common and actually how common is this occurring um, throughout all the age demographics, really? Is it focused really more on the elderly or is this something that everyone uh, can have happen to them? Well, absolutely, Brian. Of course, every single living creature could have it happening, but generally uh, it is focused on human beings because uh, nature and wildlife tend to not uh, destroy their health as we do in this society. Uh, In the studies done, 20% of the people at any one time in this nation is what you would call officially constipated. In the literature, They're defining it as someone who is pooping three times or less per week. Uh, Or they also add on if you're doing it more often, but you have little tiny marbles coming out, then you could call yourself definitely constipated. But as most of my conversations focus on, there's a difference between being average and being optimal. You could easily go to the bathroom five times a week or six, and I would still, in some cases, call it constipated because there's so much that involves this conversation of elimination. And, you know, I always make a blanket statement that I have lived my life with the respect that the human body has almost everything it needs to heal itself, but only if two things happen. One is which we nourish the body with the correct foods, and or whatever else we feel valuable. I certainly do with uh, nutrients. But secondly, is removing toxins. Well, we do know, even the people who know very little about anatomy, that when you go to the bathroom, you are eliminating toxins. That's why that it has the smell it does. And that's not something you'll probably hear on most uh, (laughs) podcasts, but it is. So we've got an epidemic of people who throughout their life, some people have it for months, some only for weeks, but a lot of people have a chronic slowness of elimination. So why does that matter? Well, you know, up until actually about 10 years ago, most medical professionals believed that the colon was nothing more than a piece of plumbing. It was like your 
your tubes under your sink that you just drain things in and drain things out. Well, it's not true. And we know the importance of how it functions in brain chemistry and how it functions in immune systems. Well, part of this whole plumbing system, all of it actually, is transporting toxins and byproducts that the body needs to get rid of. And so it's not just the uncomfortable feelings of of withholding or not, you know, evacuating where there's pressure and other things. It's actually inhibiting a vital function of the human system, which is, again, the uh, gut lining. You know, there's a few people who actually don't really seem to feel worse on it, but most people feel that heaviness. They feel that their belly's blown up. But what are some of the lesser common symptoms that you've seen? Well, one symptom, and men who are listening to this usually don't associate it, but, you know, as men get older, and I think the, if I uh, have an opportunity to talk to a higher, higher power, I want them to redesign the man's body. Because the pelvic area is so narrow as far as urination that the slightest little issue as far as swelling or inflammation or pressure actually makes us have more difficulty urinating. Well, guess what? The prostate is not that far away from the stool as it passes through the lower intestines. So when you have a lot of backed up material, it's pressing on on the whole pelvic area and you can end up having a lot less efficiency of urination. Hmm. And so people are like, oh, I need to, you know, take saw palmetto or I need to do this. No, many times you just need to have really great elimination. Um, So that's one of them. Um, It actually can affect hormones. So when you have a lot of uh, backed up stools, you're going to have a disturbance of the balance of a lot of your human uh, chemistry. And one of those is hormones. And, you know, and it will affect your sleep. Uh, People who are constipated have a history of more insomnia. Part of that is because, again, as I mentioned, the gut lining produces brain chemicals. Well, if you have altered brain chemicals, a lot of times that's anxiousness. Well. Do you, t- do you fix anxiousness by taking a Xanax? No. You fix it by figuring out why you have anxiety and you do the best you can by putting the tools together and finding a trusted team to help you. So what is considered regular? Good question. Well, part of it is, it's like, what do you consider the optimal sleep for a person? You have to look at it based on individuality because we can't compare ones to another. But here's the big deal. We need to poop every day. That's absolute. That's the, they, if we have to boil it down to any one golden rule, you need to be eliminating every day. Now, there are people who eliminate every day who are still constipated because of the size and the quantity or lack of the hardness. The devil's in the detail of the explanation. Here is, and I love this website. It is called stoolanalyzer.com. <laughs> And it's spelled like stool, S-T-O-O-L, analyzer, A-N-A-L-Y-Z-E-R.com. I am 60, almost 62 years old. I have stood up and looked at my poop for as long as I can stand. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes that like grosses people out. It's very important that you have a regular routine of examining your stool. One is because that's the main way you're going to evaluate whether you're constipated other than not going. And if you just 
keep your eyes shut. You're never really going to know if it's truly a good evacuation or not. Because I love uh, on the um, Mercola's website, he actually says that when you poop, it should be quiet and have a gentle dive into the water. It should fall into the bowl with the slightest little whoosh sound, not a loud cannonball splash that leaves your tush in need of a shower. That's a pretty good explanation. If uh, without even looking, you know, if you're shooting bullets down and it's splashing up, you're having little rock hard constipated poops. Um, the smell should not be repulsive, but of course, it's also not great. It should have a uniform texture. It should be between one and two inches in diameter and up to 18 inches long. That's uh, pretty much laying it right on the line, isn't it, Brian? Yeah, you, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> heard it here. Lord have mercy. Uh, if a stool is totally black, it can indicate that you have some uh, hemorrhaging or bleeding. In that case, I would highly recommend, you know, consulting a health professional that you trust. Secondly, if you're not in that position and you don't have insurance, you don't have a lot of money, go to the drugstore and get a fecal occult test. Fecal occult test is something you do at home. You throw it in a toilet and it's going to say there's blood in it or there's not blood in it. That can be very important to knowing what your next step will be. Mm. If your stool is yellow, it may indicate gallbladder problems. If it is got undigested food, well, it's very obvious that, you know, there's something going on. Why you're not digesting needs to be discussed. Uh, if you have a lot of mucus in the school stool, you know, sometimes it can be associated with things like Crohn's disease or colitis. Uh, so, and if it's white, pale, or gray, it may indicate a lack of bile, which is something that the gallbladder will secrete in order to um, produce or digest fat. And then, you know, medications can definitely affect the look of the stool. And that's something that, you know, is certainly easy to Google and find out if you're on medications. And they also can affect your inability to go to the bathroom. I mean, the opiate and the painkillers um, and the, um, so the things that so many people are on, when you kind of paralyze like your pain sensation and your muscles, well, don't you think that the the colon itself is a muscle. It is because you know it is because it constricts. It constricts, so it pushes things out. Well, if you cut the cord on that and you lessen the constrictive ability, obviously it's not going to eliminate as well. So with that being said, what are what are some of the dangers of chronic constipation? I mean, if somebody isn't eliminating maybe once a week or even longer than that, I mean, if that continues, you know, semi-long term, what are the dangers in that? Well, when you look at different cultures around the world who, first off, eat a diet that's not refined. When I say around the world, we're having a more difficult time of finding these. They're actually like tribes uh, because most societies now have been inundated with all the junk foods and all the commercialized uh, poor quality that we all are experiencing. Their diet will consist of somewhere between 50 to 80 grams of fiber per day. And um, what that means is basically like Dr. Weston A. Price showed when he traveled the world and looked at all these areas that people did not have tooth decay. They did not have constipation. They did not have hemorrhoids. They did not have, uh, they have far less colon cancer. Those are huge uh, 
side effects of not going to the bathroom. Now, to take it one step further, there's a system in the liver called a P450. The P450 system is what deactivates all of the chemicals that we cannot help to be exposed to. When I was driving in this morning and there was a school bus and it had some fumes coming out of the back, where do you think those fumes went? They didn't just go into my nose and then I just, you know, uh, turn my blocked air on and hope I don't breathe much of it. No, it goes into the tissues and blood of, of the human body within seconds. Well, it doesn't just float around and then get excreted. It has to go to the liver. The liver has to deactivate it by this many multiple step process. Well, the toxins in your colon are really no different. It just, they're coming from inside rather than outside. And when you take, you know, if you imagine it's summertime, if we have a bag full of the leftovers and we put it in the garbage can, it's middle of summer, it's 98 degrees. What do you think is going to happen to that garbage in 24 hours, much less 48 if it's summertime and it's 98 degrees? It's going to rot. What in the hell do you think is happening in your colon at 98.6 degrees when it's sitting inside of a tube that's dark and hopefully moist, but it definitely is hot? It's going to rot. Well, so you have rotting garbage within you if you don't go every 24 hours. Now, it's not terrible. I I mean, have I had days where I haven't gone? Heck yes, I'm a human. Uh, I have to address the fact that we do have cumbersome bodies at times, but one day or two is not as significant. I'll tell you this, Brian, within the past two months, I have had three different women, and most of the time it is women, that came to me and all three of these poop twice a month. That's all they poop. Now, the reason is, is they do have issues, one of which is called gastroparesis. Gastroparesis is becoming epidemic. And that's where basically kind of the message from the brain is not able to tell the colon to constrict or the colon can't constrict any longer. Really don't know why. It's really difficult. There's very, very few good options for that. It really requires you to be with a person who's a functional medicine expert and that can really dig into the chemistry in order to do this. So the good news is, is that not all hope is lost if you're suffering from constipation. We, I, I think most of us are aware of some of the traditional methods to relieve constipation, you know, and so much of it is dependent upon diet. So we've all heard eat more fiber or make sure that you're drinking enough water. Um, But what are some of the other traditional options that there may be out there? And what are some more natural and holistic ways to relieve constipation? Well, Brian, uh, this country spends $800 million per year on laxatives. A laxative is something of either chemical or natural origin that causes the constrictive ability of the colon to squeeze itself. Well, when something that is a tube squeezes itself, then it's going to hopefully squeeze what's in it out the other end. Well, you know, logically, it kind of makes sense. Uh, My water hose is stopped up with something, and I'm going to squeeze it really hard in order to break it loose, and we're going to flush it out. The problem is we're not water hoses, and there is always a reckoning to be had when you force the body to do something because it should be able to send the message itself. Now, this country 
has, I never thought it could get worse, but I truly believe uh, almost everything has in certain areas of health. And one of them is in this area, the TV commercials and the fact that many health professionals are still recommending products that are addictive. And when I say addictive, if you use a laxative for more than any short period of time, you won't go unless you use the laxative. Well, don't you kind of think that there is kind of a in the back room meetings somewhere? And I don't I'm not big about, you know, uh, conspiracy. conspiracy. I am not a huge conspiracy person, but corporations don't really have souls. Corporations are machines. And if I was a corporation was selling a product that they knew could create addiction, do you really believe that they're going to sit in a meeting room and say, we don't think this is right. So let's not do this. No. Well, when you take Senna, which is the common, even in health food stores, at drug stores and other places, Senna is the strongest muscle constrictive herb and plant on this earth. If you take enough Senna, it's going to happen. The problem is, you keep taking it, the muscle ends up getting used to it. So it needs it. And then secondly, mm. if you keep doing it, the muscle weakens itself. Perfectly fine to use twice a month, maybe up to four times a month, in my opinion. But beyond that, don't. But the other thing I really am concerned with is Miralax. Miralax is a different type of way to stimulate the bowel. It's not doing it in the Senna fashion, which is constricting the muscles is actually doing it by uh, maintaining a, a lot of water in the stool and, and helping the stool to constrict by a different method. It's using a molecule, molecule called propylene glycol, and that is a totally synthetic molecule, number one. It's actually one tweak molecule away from antifreeze. That doesn't mean it's antifreeze. But when you take a molecule that's so close to a toxic substance and you tweak it, uh, there's some fear in, within me uh, because I'm not a person who believes that that is healthy for the long run. Now, Miralax, if you go to 99% of health practitioners and they say, oh, yes, ma'am, uh, I tell you, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take Miralax every night. And you say, but is it addictive? No, no, no. Miralax is not addictive. It is so addictive. And if you don't believe it, if you've been on it three months, well, get the heck off of it and see what happens to you and you won't go. So traditional methods are typically fiber or laxatives. Um, laxatives are fine for the short term, but not something that you would recommend to take over a long period of time. Correct. Very, very correct. Okay. And you did mention the word fiber. Here's my take on fiber. Uh, someone comes in and they ask me, I have not gone to the bathroom for three or four days, or I have not gone well in months, don't I need to add more fiber? No. When you are not eliminating, the only thing fiber generally will do is back up on the upper part. It will not push poop through. That's a misconception. Poop uh, isn't quite, it's not like you've taken a plunger by doing the fiber. It just doesn't work that way. So, I always counsel people that we need to dance and baby step around it until we get regularity. And that means if you have not gone well or have not gone at all for three days, you stop any additional fiber. Now, get you need to eat healthy, but the fiber thing, 
once you start retraining it, you want to, as soon as you get a movement, you want to introduce this fiber back into your diet in order to prime the pump. And so you'll go off and on for sometimes months while you're, oh, I've got pretty good elimination, so I'm going to add these fibers. And then all of a sudden, well, I got two or three slow days. It's time to back off because all it's going to do is back up the wrong side. I got to say this. You want to shoot for no less than 35 grams with 40 being optimal. 40 grams of fiber. Secondly, be leery and skeptical of products sold in drug stores or health food stores that say tasteless, drink this and you'll get 10 grams of fiber. No, there's a class of fibers that have come out that legally can be called fibrous and they can be listed on a bottle. They'll do almost zilch for this regularity issue. Don't be had. You have to use the kind of fibers that are truly from whole food. I'm a very long-term fan of two fibers. I actually use chia and flax that is ground up and it's already produced in a bag. So I just pour it in my breakfast drink. I will use about three tablespoons of this chia and flax and it's, it's wonderful. Now, the most popular fiber is psyllium. We all know the name brands. Uh, they're sold everywhere, including again, health food stores. So if you're going to use psyllium, try to find one that's organically grown because believe it or not, psyllium is one of the plants that is not regulated as a food. And psyllium is being heavily sprayed with insecticides. So you need to buy the organic if you're going to use it. Right. All right. So we've covered some of the traditional methods and we need to move on to some of the more holistic approach mm -hmm. methods. So... Do you have any that are really your go-tos um, that you would recommend? Absolutely. It depends on what stage a person is and where they feel they need to intervene. Let's just use example of Mary comes into the store. Uh, I've had a chronic constipation off and on for years. I try not to use laxatives. I only use them a few times a month, but it's really starting to bug me. What do I do? First off, we talk about you know, what's the diet like? We always have to address it. The knife and fork is the most powerful tool we have. Secondly, we talk about how long do you sit during the day? Sitting is the new smoking. If you sit in an office, you need to stand every hour for just three to four minutes. Third, are you drinking enough water? Being dehydrated will dehydrate your poop and that makes it hard little marbles and they will not come out. So we talk about some lifestyle habits as far as that. Fourthly, medications. Are there any that are creating a problem? Then she's like, uh, I'm really feeling bloated and lousy, but I don't want to use many laxatives. So, well, my recommendation is to use triphala. Triphala is a combination of three Indian herbs that's been around for many, many hundreds of years. You take three triphala of most brands. It would require three triphala, and it may not say that on the bottle, but at night when you go to bed with a half a glass of warm water, what this is doing is it's not a true laxative. It's actually trying to strengthen the colon with a very slight laxative effect. I found it to be the least addictive of anything. It will take a few days to start working, and there's nothing wrong in my mind of staying on it. But if that's not where that person is, if Mary says, I really need to go tomorrow, but I, you know, the bathroom, but I don't want to use Senna. Okay, next level, Cascara Sagrada. It's not perfect. It has far less addictive quality than Senna, and it doesn't seem to blacken the stool. I mean, blacken the colon wall. People who get um, 
colonoscopies are often so told your, your colon wall is black as coal. Well, the reason is because Senna does that. Cascara Sagrada can, but has far less tendency. So taking the right amount, which is personal experimentation, is important. But taking two to three cascara at night will generally cause a movement in the morning. Thirdly, now we have to go the big guns. Oh, no, I really need to go. It's terrible, and I don't want to use Senna. Okay, go and use aloe lax. You have to get not aloe regular because the part of the plant that's laxative is a special part. So it would have to say the word laxative on it. And then use the aloe lax at night. Don't use this more than three to four times a month. And as you're doing this, we're trying to introduce one other thing. This is an ongoing every day. Magnesium oxide, non-magnesium citrate and glycinate and malate, none of those. Magnesium oxide is what stays in the bowel to attract moisture. How much do you need? My personal experience is between 400 and 900 milligrams of magnesium oxide per day. If you take too much too soon, you're going to blow it out. So it's, again, personalization and you have to experiment. Is magnesium safe? Heck yeah, it's safe. The only side effect's a loose stool. And it can help heart. It can help so many other things and muscle cramps. So uh, I'm all about using magnesium as the rest of your life. One other last tip is the position of your knees when you're pooping. Uh, the, the, the cheap way to do this and the reason you want to do this is, again, we look at the cultures around the world. They squat when they go to the bathroom. We, if you look at the anatomical structure of our toilets, they're, they're like in the dark ages. The knees need to be about six inches to 10 inches higher than they are. You know what? You can buy little gadgets that then put things you put your feet on. The thing is, you can just get books. I did books for years. I mean, hell, I would read, I'd read a book and then I would put my feet on four <laughs> books. And even if you raise it four to six inches, you're, you're straightening that last bit of the rectum out in order to have and match nature. So lastly, Ed, I think the thing that we need to discuss is the importance of gut health when it comes to constipation. If we can just briefly touch on probiotics, what they are, how they affect your gut health, and how they can help relieve constipation as well. Absolutely, because that is the, that's really what you're seeing probably more of on advertising than anything that's ever come out of the mm-hmm. nutrition industry is the whole world of probiotics. And it is evolving. We have a lot, we know a lot, but we have a lot to learn. Uh, it's not an exact science, but I'll tell you such a general rule is most probiotics are worthless because they can't pass through the stomach acids and survive. That means that they're all being killed. It doesn't matter if they're in the pill, they're being destroyed by the acid. Secondly. It doesn't mean that you don't pursue them because there are brands that are now so much better with technology. And I'll only have a few of those on my really number one A list. Feel free to send me an email. I will give you the lowdown on which brands I totally recommend. But if you're going to buy one, uh, I would recommend buying one that at least has the word colon on the box. Because if you buy one, it doesn't have the word colon. The probability is they've left out that one specific probiotic that has some ability to strengthen the colon. All right, everybody. Well, I hope that I have supplied a lot of answers to this very delicate topic. In fact, I have put out so much effort on this that I'm really pooped out. No, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
And if you don't mind, if you can, please rate and review us because that is the gasoline that runs this engine. And we do love hearing from you. So if you have any questions, please send us an email. I am Ed Jones with the Holistic Navigator. And remember, whenever a doctor cannot do good, he must be kept from doing harm. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Navigator podcast. For more information, previous episodes, and other resources, visit www.theholisticnavigator.com.